Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of the National Institute for Gamer Review. I am DK. I am Lewis and I've paid $9.99 a month to be here with all my friends. <laughs> Haven't we all? Haven't yeah. we all? Uh, and, and, uh, did they, is that, that was the original price. Was it, was, I thought they raised it. Um, is that not? I don't well, know. They we, we, didn't they go yeah. free to play? We'll get into it, I think. I think we'll get to the we'll pricing get into history. It. Yeah, so um, if you can tell from the title and discussion, we're... Um, Today we're going to be discussing World of Warcraft with a particular emphasis, I think, on the um, the lore of the Warcraft setting. I, when we were sort of planning this out, and we've been meaning to talk about Warcraft for a while, um, it's obviously just a hugely important franchise and and um, like element of the PC gaming or just the gaming <laughs> la landscape generally. Uh, it's um, it's something that we've been meaning to to discuss. I think there's like several different angles. To take on it one of which is the the um and which to me is the the primary experience that i have with warcraft uh which is the the real-time strategy you know just it was not the first real-time strategy game but really kind of um solidified the genre in a way that um that that was just the temp provided the template for all future games yes you know we, we discussed dune 2 which was kind of technically the first um in that sense or, or what was that other there was that, that sega genesis um titled but that had a commander unit and stuff, but but basically it was really it was Warcraft that 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 really put real time strategy games on the map in a big way, and Arius Command and Conquer simultaneously with that, and um, but then uh, so, <laughs> something funny happened, which was that um, as Blizzard got really huge, well as Blizzard went as Blizzard transitioned from um, or you know the, which uh, people should know obviously was a company that made. Uh, Warcraft games, um, they, they the um, the games were very successful. The real time strategy games were very successful, but they had an idea for a massively multiplayer game um, along the lines of I think at the time EverQuest was the big um, the big MMORPG. I don't even think EverQuest was technically the first. I wouldn't know, but that was the first really big one, really popular one. And they're like, we can do EverQuest, but with World of Warcraft, you know, setting and characters and and all and and with that Blizzard touch. Um, which, it, it, you know, also some amount of accessibility, although that, that's, I guess, another topic we can touch on is these, uh, you know, the game has definitely gotten more and more accessible and dumber and dumber, um, as I understand it, as it, as it has um, gone on. I didn't originally have quest marker arrows or anything like that. But yeah, the, um, they, they made a, um, a uh, massively multiplayer online RPG, World of Warcraft, and ever since then, they, they really haven't been the same company uh, I guess eventually they ended up putting out another um, real, you know, they eventually put out a sequel to Starcraft, and and that's so we will have to talk about Starcraft another day as well. But um, no, that that I think really the 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 distance, the gap, the um, the transition from Warcraft three to World of Warcraft, 
um, was I think the the kind of number one that was that was absolutely definitive for Blizzard as a company and and for um, for the setting and for 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 just everything really. I mean, in 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 a lot of ways, PC gaming as a whole or just gaming as a whole um, has been very different as a result of 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 that transition and. Um, yeah, one of the one and and so the so then there's yeah so then there's there's you know how do you talk about Warcraft? Well, you can talk about it as a real time strategy game. Um, you can talk about World of Warcraft specifically as an MMORPG, or you can talk about MMORPGs generally. And and World of Warcraft is obviously just kind of a um, another one of these, not the first in the genre, but kind of genre defining of ever since. Um, or you could talk about the lore, and and that's I think mainly what we're we're here today. I'm I'm not. I, I generally think you know lore lore fagging is is gay, <laughs> and I'm not like I I really I actually you know one of my takes and one of the things that I'm I'm most um, I most lament in in that what I really see is the decline and fall of Blizzard is is an increasing emphasis on lore to the exclusion of um, good storytelling. Um, you know, Warcraft. Uh, Two in particular, I think, had a it basically you know, Warcraft one didn't really have much in the way of, of a narrative at all. It was it was quite basic. Um, Warcraft two wasn't much less basic, but it, it it at least it did you know with kind of chunky, um, you know, just uh, it had hero units. They didn't really have much in the way of personality, but they had some, and it was telling. It was trying to tell um, some kind of a of a story that really got actually um, much better in in the. First in the expansion, uh, Tides of Darkness, which was a direct lead into to Warcraft Three, which is where they really took off. And again, Warcraft Three, which I think we're going to talk some amount about in terms of the lore, um, is where the um, again you have this kind of like you know Greek tragedy style thing with um, chunky, you know, extremely blocky um, characters. But it works. It works because it's telling a a kind of classic story of you know. Uh, people with divergent interests coming together in the face of adversity of a much greater threat. Uh, the, the, the quest for power consuming, ruining, destroying, um, you know, the, 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 the fatally flawed tragic hero who seeks the power. I mean, these are kind of, you know, these are dramatic themes going all the way back to the origins of, of drama in the Western tradition. And, um, and 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 it was you know again it's not like high art or or super great theater or anything but it 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 does the job well enough it understands its limits and, and executes well within those limits then it just became in, in my opinion and and I, but I would defend it you know like and this you really see this especially in Starcraft two and I think in this in novels which I've never read um, and stuff where where it just becomes lore for the sake of lore and I don't know maybe there's some good stuff in there I wouldn't know I couldn't tell you. But uh, that's what our guest here is for. So if you want to say hi to the audience, um, yeah. Hey, it's Ty Guy. How's everyone doing? Hello, am I here? Hello? No, you don't. No, you're here. Oh, cool, cool. sorry, sorry. Silence. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm really excited with uh, talking about World of Warcraft lore because. Uh, it was pretty much my childhood growing up between that and like football practice and wrestling practice. Like I used to go home and like wanting to play World of Warcraft. I used to like pretend getting sick to play World of Warcraft. So it's going to be really exciting to like kind of get into it. And um, there's a particular character I really want to kind of gravitate towards when we get. We'll, I guess we'll start the the beginning of sort of the lore at a high level. 
<coughs> excuse me, and uh, make our way to um, Grom Hellscream uh, or Hitler. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and Grom was as I was saying before, like so. Oh, no, not Grom, um, not Grom, Grosh, Grosh Hellscream. I'm Grosh sorry. is his is is son. I believe, his son, son yeah. in the lore. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why. So when you were initially talking about like things like I don't remember Grosh, but Hellscream is familiar. And I was like, oh yeah, Grom Hellscream is one of these um, in the in the Warcraft Two expansion, Tides of Darkness, which I yeah. think really much more so than the original war, than the base game, really does try to it it. it it's where you first see Blizzard do this thing that they would, I think, really perfect in Warcraft 3 of, you know, you have hero units that look visual. Basically, they're just color-swapped sprites of your regular yeah. units, but they have special stats, and they have, you know, dialogue lines, and they really sell it, and it really works. And Grom, I don't think anyone who ever played Tides of Darkness could ever forget Grom Hellscream. He's just very, very um, memorable and well-done character, yeah. Yeah. He was... um. So Grom, I, I, I never played Warcraft 1 or 2, even though I, I kind of want to because I have this sort of tism for like classic games, um, is that I, I actually hated Warcraft 3. I actually played it years after the fact um, when I was an adult. Really? Okay. Yeah, when I was living in Germany. And um, I hated Warcraft 3. I just thought it was a silly RTS, probably because it, I, I didn't play it during its time, right? But Warcraft 1 and 2... Um, they're very basic games, right? They were like orc versus human, and then like Warcraft Two introduces elves and like trolls and stuff, right? And you have like those as your allies. If you're like the horde, which is like the orcs, and the alliance, which is like the humans, elves, dwarves, right? <clears throat> and uh, Grom Hellscream. I don't know if this happened in Warcraft Two, but he was the first orc to take the demon blood from the Burning Legion, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that was, that that was in Warcraft 2 or if that was expanded upon I in believe Warcraft that was 3. retconned. Like he I'd have to double check um he I don't like he wasn't the the thing in 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 Warcraft 2 and particularly the expansion was was you that's really where you for the first time so there's a um it, it's kind of developed like it, it's it's the, the, in the, in Warcraft One, it's basically just here's the orcs. They're coming from a different dimension. They have like demons and stuff, um, but that's not really emphasized or and it's not really you know set up or or understood. It's just kind of like it's just kind of there. In Warcraft Two, the base game is sort of hinted at that um, you know very very obliquely that the um, the orcs are kind of they're they're like fleeing something, but it's not clear what exactly yeah um but and then the, the, and, and then in the in the in the expansion which is really as, as i keep saying like that's where the, a lot of this stuff first they start working on it it's that's where it's kind of more like you're actively fight there's like orcs that are aligned with the demons and orcs that are against them and grom is against them as i recall it's funny because uh the kind of like spoil a little bit they actually revisit this in an expansion of world of warcraft called warlords of draenor which is which was just uh which is where uh, yeah, and and Draenor our, is like that, that's the opening levels of the Warcraft yeah. Two Tides of Darkness take place on Draenor, um, which like was new for the series. Yeah, 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 and that was um, and that actually has to do with um, and it it was destroyed in Warcraft Two, right? It like looked like a hellscape, right? Yeah, it was kind of a green blasted area. It was just like yeah, yeah it was um. Because yeah. that's like, yeah, because you actually go back to that specific place in Warcraft, uh, not Warcraft 2. Sorry, uh, Beyond the Dark, the Tides of Darkness is the subtitle. I, I apologize. Tides of Darkness is the subtitle of the base game. Beyond the Dark Portal. Beyond, Beyond the, dark the Dark Portal. portal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. That was the, okay. um, yes, exactly. Oh, 
so I, I, let's take a couple steps back for the audience. It's important to know that World of War, uh, Warcraft lore, Blizzard just ripped off Games Workshop for Warhammer yes. Fantasy from Warhammer Fantasy Battle. It's like watered down Diet Coke, you know, Warcraft, Warhammer lore. That's what it is, and it was it's presented in a really digestible manner for like children. Or Wait, like, so they just like, did the same thing they did for Starcraft with 40 yeah, 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 oh, very much. Except, so. Oh wow, that's funny. Except for except for like StarCraft, here's the thing with StarCraft, especially like in Brood War and the original. Okay, we're kind of getting off t- topic, but it's important to note. But like in StarCraft Brood War, like in not in Brood War, but but like the you know the first game, not StarCraft Two, but the first game. And I, I think this is what we have to touch on is Blizzard as a company as a whole is that they had this like Blizzard touch and this imagination. If you go to this the cutscenes of StarCraft, you'll really see this cool gritty these these cool gritty Marines and. There was like a really particular scene in the StarCraft games where they're trying to blow up some like satellite or space station, like these are the colonial marines. And um they're like they're like they have the, the nuclear bomb and it's in an ice chest and it's like beer in it, and they're like, haha, cold fusion, and they all crack beers and start <laughs> drinking it. <laughs> yeah. And and I I wanted to point yeah. that out. It's not, it's not Warcraft, but I wanted to point that out is a blizzard used to have fun now this didn't really show up in the warcraft lore warcraft lore always used to be like it's always more dour and, yes and yeah, yeah it was like it was I, I would call it like teenage like teenage drama whereas like starcraft used to be more fun but nonetheless it shows up in in world of warcraft where they sort of like they kind of play into that they were this rip-off watered down version of warhammer and they used to have fun and imagination, and then kind of want to discuss how that kind of goes away later on. But yeah, sorry, let's get back on topic. No, I think it all is part of the same topic, especially if you want to talk about lore. I think again, yeah, I I remember, I was, I, I believe I remember that particular cutscene, and that was a pre-rendered cutscene, but um, which they did they did really well um, even then. But uh, the pre-rendered meaning, in other words, it was like like Pixar, you know, kind of computer-generated graphics yeah. that weren't being generated by your by your graphics card on the fly they were already made and then they were just playing them like any other video file but um starcraft i think was really the height of um well starcraft and warcraft 3 both are really good just in in slightly different ways but i think starcraft probably has a slight edge as far as um yeah i mean again you just have like palette swapped uh sprite you know pixel sprites of your regular units that are like your special hero units that are you know dramatis personae in the um screenplay so to speak that 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 you're kind of you know that that's the narrative but it works they sell it the voice acting is was really good as i recall um yeah it the whole thing kind of comes together in a really good way and and yeah it's a simple enough story relying you know leaning on um universally recognizable dramatic archetypes that that uh, again you have this kind of tragic figure in um in uh, Kerrigan, right, who becomes the Brood Queen through kind of like she's, it's not really, you know, she's essentially captured and then turned into yeah. this thing. But anyway, yeah, we could talk about StarCraft another time. But 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 yeah, there's a, the the lore in, I think part of Blizzard losing their touch, as you, as you put it, was that magic touch, which yeah, I totally agree they they used to have, is, is um, just getting, you know, telling increasingly complex stories, increasingly, it becomes this comic book phenomenon, I think, where, like, no yeah. one can ever really die, nothing can ever really happen, but you have to <laughs> fill space. Yeah, know? no one's ever really gone. Um, 
Yeah, so Warcraft 1, right? I think we can summarize it with, like, orcs versus humans, and it's, like, basic, like, humans good guy, orc bad guy, right? Warcraft 2, <clears throat> they kind of add more of that story. And again, I didn't play these games. I'm kind of relying on you for this, DK. Um, and then they uh, introduce, like, the Dark Portal and the demons and Draenor, and they kind of flesh it out. Warcraft 3 is, like, where the actual... They retcon a bunch of stuff, and they, like put a bunch of stuff together, add a bunch of lore, um, and they really sort of create the foundation for what is going to be World of Warcraft. Um, and uh, that's, uh, uh, I, I think, very important, because I think, so when I played World of Warcraft, this is going to have a lot of my opinions in it, but, uh, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3, it was years after the fact. But, I thought the 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 lore was like pants on head dumb. Like I just thought it was so silly and stupid. And I thought like one of the more silly characters like Illidan Stormrage. But like a high level view of let's just I'll just take a step back. High level view of Warhammer, uh, not Warhammer three, uh, uh, Warcraft three. And I'll just include the Frozen Throne, the expansion in there. Uh, orcs versus humans. Uh, God, I actually forget the main the main campaigns. I know there's an elf camp. Oh, you, so I guess like you, we can talk about like each different campaign. So there's like this a, is Warcraft three. Now you're talking about yeah Warcraft three. We're, we've moved on for I unless you want to talk about Warcraft two. No, I mean we could talk about. I guess I said I think Warcraft two and that maybe the yeah we could talk about that another time. That's fine. The um yeah. yes Warcraft three has different uh, campaigns for the different races on a model with Starcraft, but much more elaborately and and frankly yeah. well done. Yeah. Yeah, it, very much the it, kind of height of the um, a blizzard at the height of its powers. Yeah, and it, it, they do have like compelling characters, and like the most, some of the most iconic uh, Warcraft characters that are still like still around today in the lore, which is like even even in the latest expansion, uh, Shadowlands, it is finally put the bed Arthas. Funny, funny enough, but in Warcraft Three, you have the characters like Arthas and Illidan Stormrage. Uh, Jaina Proudmore, the race mixing, uh, cock goblin, orc, or, or, orc cock goblin, you know, BBC girl, uh, killed her own father, by the way, which is, uh, really funny. Like, I, there's so many things we can talk about Jada, Jada Proudmore. I freaking this. Yeah, well, let's maybe put a pin in that because I'm not familiar with this character at all. Oh, Jada Proud. Okay. Anyway, so basically Warcraft 3 sets, sets the foundations. There's a bunch of different campaigns. You can play as the orcs. Uh, I think in Warcraft 3, they talk about how um, the orcs... So orcs go through Dark Portal to invade Azeroth, which is like the main the main like planet, right? Okay, I guess this is kind of complicated. And humans don't like it, and so they fight orcs, but orcs actually have a heart of gold. Orcs kind of get defeated, get thrown into a concentration camp in a, in a human... Uh, and a human slash dwarf kingdom of like Lordaeron and there's continents and so on, but we'll get that into world of Warcraft. But I just want to kind of summarize Warcraft three real quick, but the main characters in sort of Warcraft three are thrall, which is like, we'll call him Orca Jesus or green Jesus. That's like who he kind of super is. Jaina Proudmore, uh, Arthas Menethol, which is probably the most important character to talk about. Cause he's the old, I think he's the only character that is worth talking about uh, in in any sort of like seriousness as like a really good character that Blizzard did for a while. Um, 
and uh, there's a few others, but basically <clears throat> you play the the old the different campaigns with the eyes of the races. Um, and they do stuff. There's like night elves, and you know they're they're doing some whatever. And there's you play as the undead, and to whatever we'll, we'll talk about it later. But when we get to the expansion, Frozen Throne, this is like when Blizzard like is coming out partying, sort of storytelling, in my opinion. Like I know a lot of people who played Warcraft three who didn't like the main sort of campaigns, but when when um Thro Frozen Throne came out. It was like, you know, it was like a really tragic story. So we have um, Prince Arthas Menethil of Lordaeron, right? And he's a paladin. And in, in, in Warcraft, paladins are these like sort of um, these characters of virtue and righteousness, right? They are like they're the light, which they never really talk about what the light is originally, which is a good thing, right? Um, they just kind of keep it nebulous. They don't explain the religion very much. Um and he, you know, they they swing big two-handed hammers and they go against evil, like a classic archetype of like a D and D or like a Pathfinder sort of paladin. And um, he's got two buddies in the campaign. What I said is Jaina Proudmore and his oh God. What is his? Uh, was it Tyrion Fordring who was his? Uh, sort of like his is like teacher. He's like Jedi teacher, his paladin teacher. Uh. I forget the name of the character. It escapes me right now. But anyways, they have to deal with the undead scourge. So it's no longer about orcs versus humans. It has to do with the, what's called the undead scourge. So what is the scourge? The scourge is like, I, I want to really gloss over this. They're undead. That's what they are. They're evil undead controlled by demons. Obviously, yeah, Arthas, the generic. I mean, that's you see this a trope again. It's it's not, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's the same... Um, I guess this would have been around like the the first couple of Song of Ice and Fire books would have been already published at this point. Not that yeah, you know, yeah. obviously George R. R. Martin himself is leaning, but this kind of you see this also in the original Dragon Age of like this you know internally fractured political environment, um, having people having to set aside their differences in the face of this kind of undead scourge, which itself I think is kind of a um, intentionally or not certainly drawing upon. The kind of victor's history of world war ii right but um in any case it, I, mean, it does, I don't think you need that particular historical yeah. context to see the appeal yeah. i mean it's really really it's it's a it's a pelican it's a um persian war kind of kind of situation it, right yeah Where, I, you know you have yeah essentially before yeah there's a particular thing i want to kind of i kind of want to like talk about arthas so Arthas is like the epitome of Chad, I guess. Well, not Chad, but like, yeah, in a way, right? Big swings, big two hammer. He's a big white guy, bulging muscles, right? So he's fighting the scourge, fighting the scourge with his buddy Jaina Proudmore, and you know, uh, his dwarf and his like paladin, sort of, you know, coach, whatever you want to call him. And they get to a particular moment in time in the campaign, and it's called the Colleen of Stratholm. The Colleen of Stratholm was like the turning point for Arthas, right? Because art, we have to understand the paladins. Yes, are like I remember these, this very well. Yes. Yeah, these races. I eat, dude. So, my experience of the Colleen of Stratholm was during uh, War, World of Warcraft: The Wrath of the Lich King expansion, which is now in classic form that Blizzard put out. And um, the Colleen of Stratholm is like where you are either a, like a Chad fascist or like an ineffective con conservative faggot. Like that. This is how we determine who you are because it's a very basic story 
So the uh, undead cult that creates the scourge is sending a bunch of um, uh, wheat that's infected, right? These like grains that are infected that turn people undead, right? And it goes to Stratholme, and basically, you know, the Scooby-Doo gang figures out, like Arthas and his gang <laughs> figure out, like, hey, Stratholme is in the citizens of Stratholme have ingested this wheat. They're going to turn soon. And now the undead are a huge problem because every time the classic, like, oh, every time someone dies, they get risen back. Like, you know, it's a, so it's a big deal, right? The stakes are high. And Jaina Proudmore and his, you know, paladin, you know, mentor, they're like, oh, what should we do? Like, oh, yeah, this is terrible. And Arthas is like, we have to kill every single last one of them before they turn, before this becomes an issue. Like, this sucks, but they're infected and uh, they're going to, you know, we'll put them out of their misery before they turn in undead. And I don't want to do it, but this is what we have to do. And Jaina Proudmore, and this kind of shows like Blizzard sort of, trend of doing accidental based characters right like accidentally based characters They're like no you can't do the effective thing that is going to stop the problem in its tracks right and uh arthur's like you know how about this screw you guys i'm gonna do this so he gets his soldiers and you do the coal in a stratholme and you start killing civilians and and it's played up as arthas is distraught about this he's like dude i have to do this he smashes people with his hammer Eventually, he cleanses Stratholme, defeats like the sort of what was his name Balthasar. I forget what his name was, the demon in charge, but he defeats it, and it's 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 proven that his actions are the ones who saved the kingdom of Lordaeron that day by doing the colon of Stratholme. But um, and this is where and normally like sort of like liberal writers or whatever would say like or would write like ah oh, he was wrong in the in the long run, but no no, no he was like. He was like, no, no, he, he was right in doing this, but they were still like saying how wrong he was in doing it. It was this weird thing where the game is telling you, like, yes, this is effective, but all the characters are telling you, like shaming you for like, oh, you can't like effective measures. Anyways, so Colin yeah, so the No, no. So the yeah. uh, the Reddit yeah. the Reddit term for this is uh, ludo narrative dissonance, which is to say a dissonance, a disconnect between the lud from the Latin root meaning for game. And the narrative, right? So the the game mechanics are telling you one thing, or just common sense at a certain level, and the the narrative as presented by the authors are kind of telling you a different thing, um, and and there's a disconnect there, right? And and yeah, it's this is this is a classic kind of. Um, I mean, you see this all over the place, especially whenever like the the funny thing is that um, uh, games and game mechanics, like sort of by necessity are going to have to um like especially any any game involving any kind of combat or or um like violent struggle which is you know like the overwhelming majority of games is very you know compare you know the people have to go out of their way like to avoid that if they want to avoid that um anything involving combat or or, or deadly violence is um sort of by necessity going to uh um like it, it reduces at a certain level to the the effectiveness of that violence, which is to say that that like the game worlds tend to produce or tend to in, imply the existence of a kind of yeah you know Nietzschean zero sum world, which is very you know you know you can have your metaphysical priors or whatever, but that's kind of how the quote real world works um, to a large extent. So if you want to 
if you want to have game mechanics that involve deadly violence and you also want to have liberal priors and a liberal message, these things are almost always going to be in conflict. And, and there you see a, a great example of that. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, no, I didn't actually know that term. That's, uh, that's, that's good to know. But uh, okay, so Jane, let's go, go back on Jaina real quick. So Jaina Proudmore is this person who thinks that Colin Strathon was terrible. Arthas, what are you doing? They were like boyfriend, girlfriend. And it's kind of funny because she like gets, it's heavily implied she gets dicked down by the orcs early on in Warcraft 3. And uh, the reason being is she befriend, she's far, far, part of this kingdom, human kingdom called Kul Taras. And her father is like ultimate Chad, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, uh, she doesn't want her her father who's been fighting orcs for years and years and years and people have and this is like trend in world of warcraft for years and years and years the alliance versus horde people are dying it matters like it's like world war one like you're going into world war two like people remember their grandfathers and their fathers dying in the previous war they don't like they they don't like you know they hold grudges right like screw you like Orcs are bad. Like, we're not going to have it. But Jaina Proudmore finds the, the good-hearted, didn't-do-nothing orcs like Thrall and Rexar, a few others, right? And um, her father's coming back to Kul Taras. I forget really the setup. And, he, and his fa her father's like, Jaina, watch out! Those orcs! Meanwhile, she's, like, wiping the cum off her face, essentially, saying, no, father, these orcs are great guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> and... and and, and her father's like, no, I'm going to kill every single orc, right? And so she ends up killing her father in the fleet because for anti-racism, like unironic. This happens like a couple chapters prior to the Colin Strathholm. So, and she's like, ha, huh, it was sad killing my father, but I did it because he was a racist. Like, that's essentially what is being said here. And the the kingdom of Kulturas actually doesn't get revisited till world of warcraft legion which is like the seventh expansion or something in the in world of warcraft not legion um uh battle for azeroth that's when they come back but they basically kick her out for being a race trade race trader like race mixer and then she kind of cozies up to arthas and becomes like sort of like like she wants to settle down off arthas and, and so anyway so they have the so we fast forward back so we have this character who's gonna be a main character throughout world of warcraft and she like kills her father without like really crying about it. And but she thinks like the colonist Strathol in an effective measure of people that are infected is like a bridge too far. So we again, this is a trend we're gonna see <laughs> in the writers. Basically, to put a pretty pretty um uh sort of bow on the Arthas Menethol story till Wrath of the, if we talk about Wrath of the Lich King, <clears throat> is that he goes to Northrend. Uh he is then start he tries to find um he goes to north one of his armies. Uh, some mercenaries want to leave. He ends up like killing those mercenaries because he's like, no, 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 I'm gonna finish this fight, right? So again, another base thing. He's like, dude, you're not allowed to leave this. We're about to finish this fight against the scourge. He's told about through various means about this a sword called the Frostmorn, right? So eventually, Fro finds Frostmorn through some battles in Northrend, which is like the North Northern Island continent, and uh. His dwarf buddy was like, no, 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 Arthas, you can't take it. It's a cursed blade. 
And Arthur's like, I don't care. I can defeat the people that are killing my people. I'll take the blade. So basically, what's really important to know is that Arthas, up until the point he grabs the blade Frostmourne, and this is a very big point in the lore, is that he was under his own freedom, right? He was doing his, like, freedom of action. When he grabs Frostmourne, that's when he starts getting manipulated by the Scourge and the Burning Legion, which are, like, the demons, yada, yada, yada. And then he doesn't become himself. So he eventually gets twisted by the blade, Goes back to Lordaeron, kills his father, raises the undead, and this is now the the rise of the Lich King to kind of put a bow. And there's a bunch of other lore things that happen, but they're not really important for the overarching sort of thing I'm trying to construct here. Is that we have this character Arthas, who's the basically everyone loves this character. Like he was very polarizing. Like if you if you hated him, it's like you hated him for like oh, what a tragic character, and he, and he, you know, and he, like, did evil things, but he meant well at the beginning, like, power corrupts, like, that stupid Marvel crap, right? If you're people like us, like, you, like, were, like, doing wrestling, or, like, we're just, like, you know, sort of, like, I guess, like, young little proto-fascists, we're like, no, that's, he did everything right, and it's tragic that he picked up the wrong sword one day and became corrupted in an agent of the Burning Legion. Now he's the Lich King. Or just that he was too weak, in whatever you know spiritually mentally whatever you want to call it to wield that power without being corrupted right like not that the, well, the power isn't it, in and of itself necessarily the problem well he there i guess you can kind of take it that way yeah you can't take it that way but the thing is he went to get the sword because he knew that was the effective measure and based upon his knowledge he was going to do the effective measure right to save his kingdom and his people. He every action Arthas did was in terms and couched in for his people. Right? So I'm doing this for my people. And it wasn't until he brought up that sword. And you know, yes, he what didn't have like, you know, the the willpower to fight off well, what's it, Nazgul? Not Nazgul, that's a Lord of the Rings reference. Or whatever the the orc uh Guldron, maybe the whoever that was in the 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 helm of domination and Frostborn. But but everything was couched in that. Yeah, so yeah, I guess you can say he was like too weak and that's the tragedy of Arthas Menifold. But throughout the entire Warcraft 3 sort of uh, scenario, only him and this other character named Lord Garethos are the only characters. Oh, and I guess um, Jaina's, um, Jaina's father who actually act rationally and don't act in these stupid liberalisms, right? <clears throat> like, uh, the Lord Garethos was a, a character, and he fought for, you know, Arthas' father and Lordaeron, and he was, like, literally racist. Like, he was, like, the racist character, and they really play him up in Warcraft 3 as the racist. But everything he does is, like, super effective. And uh, he dies in a really tragic way, too. He actually gets killed by a character that we'll talk about later, Sylvanas um and sylvanas windrunner but that's not necessarily that important in warcraft 3 but um anyway that pretty much wraps up do you want to talk anything about warcraft 3 the frozen throne there dk or no i think well that's the um i think there's two major elements to yeah to keep in mind is is um well i guess two in a kind of meta thing so the the two things are one yes this kind of um i i, I resent the implication i guess that's the kind of thing that it's just because we live in this gay world where like everyone um like 1945 has become the de facto year zero um 
but before that, and even to kind of more educated people now, I think that in, in a lot of ways, the better um, touchstone for um, for the Song of Ice and Fire, Dragon Age, Warcraft 3 narrative of these, you know, yes, these, this this internal descent that needs to people need to work together to confront this much more severe, you know, truly evil external alien threat is is the um is the story of the persian wars in in ancient greek history um where yes you have these you know greek city states that that um you know have fought would would would, would shortly after they defeated the persians you know de, you know like have this cataclysmic apocalyptic battle amongst themselves the peloponnesian war um but in, you know before that when they were confronted with with uh, xerxes would would have to um um would have to band together to, to fight him. And this is also the, the, this is the story that's told, you know, not super well historically, but despite the kind of problems, you know, both historical and, you know, whatever's kind of over the top, obviously, you know, Frank Miller's 300 and the movie based on it do a really good job of, of, um, of um, telling that narrative. So this is, this is a, this is again, a kind of um, story that, that, you know, completely precedes the, um, the the attempt to shoehorn any kind of uh, you know Omaba you know the Hitler because the 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 reason I bring it up is because I think the the um, at a mechanical level often in, in in game in games you need you need a way you need a way to like conduct indiscriminate slaughter that isn't morally weighty which is to say that you need you know a bunch of people you don't feel bad about just slaughtering murdering wholesale. Um, sometimes you can get around this with like their robots. So they're not actually sentient all the more. So, you know, e better if they're like evil robots or robots that are out of control and need to be put down. And, and it's just like, you're not even killing at all. Second best, or, or and I guess undead are kind of a, you know, are do un, are undead sentient is a kind of, you know, from a, this kind of interesting, like philosophical question there maybe. And, and there's this whole thing in, um, in philosophy world about like zombies and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I think all that's really dumb, but it, the the point is um, that kind of debate. I mean, I just think it's pointless and and doesn't really actually address any of the questions that it tries to that it thinks it's addressing. But um, in gaming terms, it provides you with a kind of solution. And yes, these kind of just the hungry undead who just want to destroy just for the sake of destroying, and there's a lot of them, and they all need to be put down, gives you an opportunity to to conduct mass slaughter in a kind of morally neutral or even you know morally positive um, way. And and then of course the other the other classic go to, um, although less so the there was a period I think in the nineties where this was where the, where the Nazis were it was easy 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 to just go to especially in like first person shooters you know Wolfenstein and all this kind of stuff call the original Call of Duties and and um, Medal of Honor, um, it was just very easy to have Nazis as this kind of faceless enemy that you could just slaughter and so I think you know for a lot of you know for for kind of um, just a lot of overlapping reasons. Um, people tend to think of like, you know, Nazis and the undead kind of put them in the same uh, category, at least as far as the morality of, of killing, um, which obviously we, you know, we would, we have our like huge problems with that. Right. But, but, you know, you can sort of understand the, the, the reasons why from a, if you're a game designer, you don't spend any time thinking about like revisionist history of the second world war. You, you just want a way that, you know, you can let players have a power fantasy and, and that's a, a way to do it. And that's tapping into kind of, pre-existing um psychological uh structures that 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 everybody's going to kind of understand implicitly um so that's one angle and then yes the other angle which is the kind of main dramatic thrust of the story is um again yes this 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 um arthas is a paladin he's a good guy he's like sworn sworn an oath 
He's, you know, he's, he's like better than the average good guy. Like humans have a kind of wide range of, you know, there's, there's, you know, better humans and worse humans. Paladins are supposed to be among the best. He is the, you know, the prince. He's supposed to be concerned with the welfare of his kingdom. He's so concerned that he's, he's worried, you know, I don't, um, you know, I need more power. I need this artifact that's going to grant me this power that's going to allow me to defend my kingdom in the maximally effective way. And it corrupts and destroys him, right? And um, I think we can all kind of relate to that at, at some level, or at least the kind of psychological structures undergirding that narrative. Yeah, yeah. So, then, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Blizzard did like a good job. I, I would say like a competent job. I mean, I have my definitely have my problems with um, sort of the lore. Um, but yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. So, uh, I guess we can talk about, so World of Warcraft 3 ends and it's overwhelming success, right? So people want more of it. So people are thinking Blizzard's going to put out Warcraft 4. I mean, Starcraft's also another success at this time. I think Brood War is out or maybe a couple of years prior. And Blizzard has this, like... They make fun games, they make compelling stories. If you like it or you don't, you have problems with it, but it's still like a competently sort of done story, especially, if, you know, the Chronicles of Arthas. But then they announced in 2004, World of Warcraft. And here's, a, World of Warcraft played a very significant part of my young life, which is a very sad to say, but this is like, welcome to being a like a millennial. And I loved World of Warcraft. When I, when I started playing it in 2004, 5-ish, I was like in sixth or seventh grade or something, right? And I had I did not play Warcraft three prior. So when this game came out, it was a gigantic world that you can like lose yourself in. It was in it was insane to go and sort of like what they really did well in World of Warcraft is they didn't they made sort of your adventure to like level sixty, which was the max level. <clears throat> and and the world as a main character so like your journey and your experience and your interactions with other players you know world of warcraft being an mmorpg as like the characters and really the lore was kind of in the background it was so much in the background that like you know you'd maybe read quest logs but you would kind of yeah, like young kid. <laughs> yeah go ahead no, I was just going to say, I remember uh, hearing about, again, I've never, my experience with World of Warcraft is only, and I've read a considerable amount about it, but it's only through reading about it. But yes, I do recall one of the things that people would say is that, yeah, basically the 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 lore, the narrative is really, it's all in the quest logs. It's a bunch of reading. You don't have to do hardly any of it if you don't want to. It won't necessarily impact your your experience of the game at all. No, and, and it's set in a world where it's like so massive. So like, I played a human, right? Like my first like character, and there's there's, there's, there's races and there's classes, right? So I played what was like a alliance fag detective. Uh, yeah, I was an alliance. <laughs> well, it's funny. I've gone full like we'll talk about Garage Hellscream, who's just like the actually they it's it's a funny. It's like Sly Marble in Warhammer 40k, where it says survived eight GW retconning to the face and still lives. Garage Hellscream took the freaking uh, stupid hammer from uh, Blizzard and still came out like Chad, ultra nationalist racist. But that's like a few expansions down the line. But World of Warcraft, what was really cool is like, especially when you're a kid and you kind of don't want to read. I actually read all the quest text, but I didn't really understand who Arthas Menethil was or the Lich King or the Dragonflights or, <coughs> excuse me, um, or the or the titans or who these like whatever were 
So now, and a lot of it in World of Warcraft, a lot of the quests and a lot of the zones you were in and questioning, it wasn't like end of the world scenarios that you were dealing with, which was was which was cool. It's good storytelling. Like, so I played an alliance rogue when I first played the game. I eventually switched to paladin, but a rogue you can go stealth and you have two, you know, you're dual wielding and you're like this, you know, you're a rogue, you're like a spy. It's cool. And the first um couple of levels in sort of the uh, human path you take in World of Warcraft, you're dealing with like what is called, you're dealing with a few different enemy types and they all have these stories and there's really, the music's so beautiful and there's rivers and lakes and trees, the world's massive and you're mining and you're skinning and you're killing and completing these quests. But like sort of like the sort of the sort of storylines that it's kind of portrayed is the tale of the Fias Brotherhood. And this is like in my opinion, the best story that Blizzard has ever put out. So the Defias Brotherhood, and you fight them in Ellenwood Forest, and you eventually go to this. Uh, my favorite, like, place in the entire game is Westfall, and, you, and Westfall is this farming area that is, I think it's in Drought, and there's this gang of thieves, the Defias, that have set shop in there, and all the farmers are kind of afraid of them. And so you start doing quests there, like we have to root out the Defias, because um, the reason why you're like going around killing people and stuff in the name of like the Alliance or the, or the Horde, well, specifically in the Alliance, when you're playing the Alliance characters, all the armies are fighting the Horde, or overseas fighting something. They don't have time for domestic issues, <clears throat> and so the kingdoms are strained in this in this sort of time period, uh, in this time of World of Warcraft. So. They, hey citizen, you look strong. Go go get a sword and go beat up some you know um, poor criminals or whatever. <clears throat> and um, you kind of find out the story through the Defias uh, quest that there the Defias Brotherhood, though they're a criminal gang now, as they were once um, a uh, uh, once a stonemasons guild that actually built the human capital city of Stormwind. And they were actually, uh, they they built it after what the the third war, right, where it gets destroyed. That's in the Warcraft two or Warcraft three, where Stormwind gets destroyed by you know the Horde. And so, um, you know, they did like an Obama type stimulus package to like, you know, let's pay the the, the Stonemason Guild to rebuild Stormwind. And the Stonemason Guilds rebuild Stormwind, and the guy in charge of it was this guy named Edward uh, Edwin Van Cleef. And uh, basically what happens is the Stormwind no nobles go like, hey, screw this, dude. Uh, we're not going to pay you. So they did all this work to rebuild Stormwind and, uh, you know, this beautiful architecture. And they're told to go kick rocks. Like, you did it for your kingdom, dude. You're not going to get paid. So people are starving. They're in, like, recession. And so Edwin Van Cleef goes like, you know what? Screw this. We're going to get a revenge on Stormwind. He starts to defy his brotherhood and ends up going into uh, the dead mines in Westfall to, you know, hatch his plan. And so when you're playing through the the quest, you're like, wait, we're going after the people who were gypped from the 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 one percent, the nobles of Stormwind. <laughs> they were we are killing the people that just wanted to feed their families. <laughs> and that's like essentially what you're doing. And so <clears throat> sort of this gets kind of excuse me, kind of gets all culminated in this the first uh dungeon you do called the dead mines and it's a really iconic dungeon 
in World of Warcraft, and you eventually fight through the dead mines, and you find out that the Defias were building a super weapon, this giant battle battleship of cannons to destroy Stormwind to get their revenge, and you end up killing Van Cleef and cutting off his head to show to the you know the militia storm of Westfall that you've defeated the Defias Brotherhood. But the entire time, you're like, if you're reading the quests, you're like, even as like a, in 2005 when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, I was like, dude, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and this kind of shows you where Blizzard is going with a lot of these storylines. And there's a, the world's mad. So you go on from Westfall and you go through the world and you have these great ex- and these they're localized. And it's really good storytelling of these quests. Like, um, and it's nothing's like until the end of the game is like the end of the world speaking. It's like you're kind of like solving local issues. And so the stakes are kind of low, but since your character is kind of like this budding adventurer, they're, you know, this budding adventurer, he's not, they're not, it's high for your character, but it's not really high for uh, like the world in general. And it's it, that kind of culminates when you get to the end game and you get to do raids, go kill like these like you know dragons and you know, elemental god sort of things. And um, the quest line reads: gather an army and defeat this big bad. And that's because in the, in the underlining reason is because we're too busy fighting the horde. And throughout the game, you're you're killing if you're on the PvP server, you're like killing horde and screw the horde, screw the alliance, you know, for the alliance, for the horde, all that jazz. But and Horde are in mud huts and are pretty much just brown people. But an alliance of, like, you know, technology and architecture. But World of Warcraft, especially in Vanilla WoW, the original thing, was, like, this really sort of, like, the the the, the setting was beautiful. And the, char- the world was massive. And your character was your character. And you were, like, doing these morally amb- amb- ambiguous things with, like, you know, killing, you know... Uh, the defias for getting tied up loose ends for a bunch of rich nobles and like doing these cool things it was a really magical magical experience and it was a massive hit people were six million people played a world of warcraft when it came out back in 2004-2005 it was an amazing thing and the gameplay it was like the first sort of mmo excuse me that was really accessible uh that was like it was sort of a casual experience. It was super casual compared to like things like EverQuest or um, Ultima Online. So you didn't have to grind as much. Uh, you had quests. You had professions. You just, anyways, I I, I could go on and on and on. Um, but yeah, guys, do you have any anything to add to that or questions? Well, I I didn't quite. So so when did when did you so. There were, as I recall, at release there wasn't much endgame content, which is pretty standard for for big, um, you know, live service slash massively multiplayer games. <clears throat> but the first couple expansions didn't have, um, or I guess maybe you could fill me in. So when when did the transition to we got to save you know the world from big blue laser or whatever? When did um, that happen? So like in the original WoW, the first raids were like molten core where. <clears throat> You defeat this guy named Ragnaros, who was like an elemental sort of like god, right? And that was a big, big, big bad. And there's actually more of an interesting story between like the followers of Ragnaros and followers of the Black Dragonflight, which were like the Black Rock Orcs, the Black Iron Dwarves, 
and they inhabited this mountain called Black Rock Mountain, which is looks like it literally looks like Mount Doom, and it's in the middle of the map in the Eastern Kingdoms, like the continent. But there's always been sort of like, hey, go kill Cthulhu, the old god, in on Karaj, right? Um, there's kind of been that, and in in the last, the sort of the bow, pretty bow on, um, the original classic WoW or vanilla WoW rather is uh, you have to go into Naxxramas and defeat uh, one of the Lich King's top guys, which is named Kelthuzad. Um, but it's never couched in a way of like <clears throat> you're the main character, you're the hero, you're like a nobody that like goes with a bunch of other people, and you you know. You have to go in there prepared. So you kind of have that in the classic WoW. In Burning Crusade, so that's the next expansion that happens. This happens in like 2005, 2006. And yeah, it's New World. You go back to Draenor through the Dark Portal like we were talking about at the very, very beginning of the show, right? And um, you're going to Draenor, which is now called Outland because it's all destroyed and stuff. You're fighting the Burning Legion. I'm going to tell you right now the, the story in... And you fight... Ilden Stormrage. You actually fight and kill him. It's not important to talk about him because he's a stupid character, but... You go in there and you fight Ilden Stormrage in a raid and these are the old endgame stuff. And you fight... Um, uh, um, the Blood Elf uh, guy, the leader. I think Kel... Quelthalos. Yeah, Quelthalos. Um... I guess it's important to kind of take a step back and talk about Burning Crusade as a whole and why it wasn't important. So when WoW was getting stale, and you have to understand not a lot of people were doing the end game because it was really hard back in 2005 to like get 40 people together and organize that and be good enough to defeat bosses. Because like I guess like gamers have just gotten so much better in the more skill better like or have a higher skill because now like people go back and play classic WoW and the raids are so easy, but they remember them so hard. Like it was so hard. And it's just simply not the case. But um not a lot of people saw the endgame content. So when Blizzard made the Burning Crusade, they did a, a lot of different things, right? People were hyped for it. They announced there's gonna be flying mounts, which by the way, ruined the game, screw flying mounts, destroyed world PvP. Nonetheless, I get off my high horse there, my soapbox there. But um flying mounts they added two new races the goat draenor and that the alliance got the uh, draenei not draenor draenei and the blood elves which were like these really cool care and blizzard has never done any freaking lore of these guys outside of burning crusade but the blood elves were the high elves you might remember this from warcraft 3 dk where they got their magic through the sun well and they were addicted to magic they were literally like drug addicts and they had to have magic in fact if you queue up the uh the trailer for burning crusade you'll actually see this beautiful blood elf woman character like sucking the life out of like an animal for its mana and because it's addicted to like the magic right they're a caroid addicts so they're these really cool flawed characters and they joined well, the so i okay yeah maybe this because you can clarify this because i was looking I, I was um Sylvanas is actually is obviously a hugely important character. I believe. She, I mean, she was she was a big character in Warcraft three, and I think an even yeah. bigger, I guess, in recent World of War. I mean, recent as of this recording. Yeah, like you know, late in the development cycle, World of Warcraft. I remember her in Warcraft three as a um, a night elf, and there was some kind of 
distinction between like the night elves and the high elves that I didn't quite no, understand. She, At some, she was I, not a night elf. She was a high elf. So okay. night elves okay. were like the people from the tree place uh, and they were like druids and one right. nature, right? The right. high elves were more like arcane magical and Sylvanas was a uh, a ranger or whatever for the high elves. And so her tragic story is that when Arthas came to the capital city, Silvermoon City, um, uh, and he like decimated it with when he was the, when he was the Lich King, not as a human. She gets turned into what's called a banshee, and they kind of expand upon this later. But yeah, her, she's actually a tragic story, and she was actually a pretty well written character until like, you know, some freaking dyke or whatever got a hold of her. But she was actually a really well written character. Now in classic WoW. She's not really. She's like. She's a faction leader for the what's called the Forsaken, which are like the undead that join the horde. <clears throat> they're not. Um, they're not. Uh, they're not part of the scourge, which is like the main undead. They kind of have this free will, except for they don't. But I guess we can. Can it, this is another thing that Blizzard really. We're kind of jumping around over the place, but it's, I think this is really interesting. Is that the undead, the Forsaken, were were led by Sylvanas Windrunner, right? At when she was undead and it's you know they're, they're they're getting risen by her um uh so when you start off like as an undead character you actually started off in this crypt and sylvanas is like sort of necromancer revives you and you're probably once a citizen of lord or or some someplace right you and you're kind of brought back against your will in order to serve her and she is evil like in and she's not ran by the Lich King or whatever, but in the original World of Warcraft, the Forsaken, the Horde actually, so the Tauren, which are the Minotaur race, the Orcs, the Trolls, they don't want to let the Forsaken in, but they kind of have to because they're outnumbered by the Alliance. And um, they uh, um, want to let her in because they know she's just evil. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll play ball, I'll play ball, guys. But she's like, I want to kill everyone in the world because I'm such a miserable person. Everyone's got to be miserable with me. Like, misery loves company. So she, like, she hates all living people. This is very much in the lore. If you ever do get a quest from her in the Undercity, which is the cat, the capital of the undead, or the race in World of Warcraft, is the Undercity, which is under the ruins of Lordaeron, which holds a very special lore lore place in war the warcraft universe because if you play warcraft 3 lordaeron's this cool human kingdom stormwind is kind of like this afterthought and uh lordaeron is like the main and you actually in order to get to the undercity which is in the sewers which is gross and it's stupid looking but um of the sewers of lordaeron you have to go into the throne room where arthas killed his father so that's another thing about world of warcraft that like i, I kind of we kind of glossed over was you you played all these zones in Warcraft three, met all these characters and these great lore moments, and in World of Warcraft you can actually walk up and touch it, like actually go to the place where Arthas killed his father, and if you actually wait in the world lore room for like five minutes, you'll hear the whispers of that interaction from Warcraft three where Arthas kills his father in the throne room. It's a really nice touch. But anyways, yes. But Sylvanas, who's a uh, banshee now. Uh, she's evil. Now back to Burning Crusade with the with sort of the Blood Elves being this magic. She was once a, a a High Elf. Now the High Elves, the when Arthas destroyed 
what it's called i think it was like the whatever the well the magical well they got their powers from they had to find something else to get their powers from and so what they ended up doing is they uh ended up making the sun well which sun well was they captured this what it was what is basically it used to be an angel in the warcraft universe i think they recently retconned it but this creature called the naru and they basically torture it to death uh, they start torturing it they give it they give them magical powers right um and they're again they're like addicted to magic and mana like they have to have it or they die they're they're crack addicts but they're like a beautiful race it's kind of funny they're like a celebrity like a beautiful celebrity who's like addicted to heroin or something it's really kind of again blizzard like bravo like you made like a really kind of compelling race racial sort of um story there with the blood elves anyways pretty crusade um there's all this end game content to do but it's not it's, i wouldn't say anything has to do with the end of the world either in in, in the burning crusade because like and this has to go with i don't think blizzard really sold what the burning legion was and the burning legion are kind of like the overarching bad guys they're like a demon legion that wants to kill all life or subjugate all life and they're kind of like chaos in 40k where they're like like just pants on head retarded and don't get anything right and are just kind of losers. <laughs> anyway, so Burning Crusade happens, and people like love it because you, you know new um, races, new you know new questing zones, new end game content, and you know all that. But what really World of Warcraft's height and and story and everything was when Wrath of the Lich King was announced, which was the third expansion to World of Warcraft. And this is the expansion where you go back to Northrend and you have to defeat the Lich King and put the, you know, put Arthas in his place and kill the Lich King. And and this is like, you know, the reason why is because people got into World of Warcraft because of the Frozen Throne. Um, now, I wasn't when I was just a kid that saw an MMORPG. I was like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. But Lich King was when when these sort of like everyone was like i and a lot of people who didn't play world of warcraft or the burning crusade originally came into the game to play wrath of the lich king you actually saw this in the subscriber numbers in world of warcraft where it's kind of hovered around five to six million and went up to 12 or 14 million during its height of wrath of the lich king because people wanted to finally finish the story of arthas menethal and sort of that tragedy um Anyways, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I kind of, uh, I, I've got to take up all the bike time. If you want to, please, please interject whatever mm -hmm. you want. Lewis, you've been quiet for a while. Do you have any, um, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I guess I don't know. So I, the, the lore of Warcraft stuff has always been like the least interesting part to me. Uh, a because I didn't play it. I was probably too young. I was too young at the time, and. I had like one friend who was into it. All my friends all played RuneScape, which is a different, whole different thing because it was free. And looking back, I think we might have been poor. I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell when you're a kid. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, couldn't do the whatever nine, nine like what is it, twenty bucks up front and then ten dollars a month for the whole thing. Yeah, fifteen a month. Yeah, it's been like that for the past like I guess twenty years now. Jeez. Yeah. Uh. So my my big experience with Warcraft and all the and 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 uh world of warcraft and all that stuff is i only ever played dota so you know oh yeah, yeah. 
Do, do I love Dota? Uh, just for the audience, if you guys want to do racisms or like say that like you know nigger and stuff like that in in games and not getting any trouble, go on Dota. D- Valve does not. Side note: Valve does not police their chat whatsoever. It's great. Dota is a fun game. Still to this day, Dota too. But yeah. um, Do- yeah. I also Dota also is like aggressively like super hard as well. Like you, it's yeah, like yeah. It's incomprehensibly yeah. Uh, yeah, I was more, I was more, I, I'm actually like, you know, I'm kind of anti-Lord Dumps, and, uh, I kind of think that was my more about the World of Warcraft was that, like, what it did to Blizzard and, like, the entire industry, because Warcraft made more, World of Warcraft made more money than, like, any game before it, in, like, ever, yeah. because you, because you had to buy it every month, you know, and, uh. Well, it was an initial cost for, like. I think it was like fifty or forty or fifty dollars for the initial like box, and then that subscription too. Yeah, so you just had this, you know, the you know pay as you go model. And yeah, it was massive. Yeah, but the thing is, like, also they eventually realized that the money is not in that initial cost; it's in the monthly cost of the games yeah. as a service kind of thing. And they made so much, absolutely. Yeah, they, they were money. they were doing well after Warcraft. They were doing well after Warcraft two. They were doing really well after Warcraft three. For a game studio, yeah. After world, after World of Warcraft, they became big enough to essentially, I believe, they acquired Activision, not the other way around. I'd, I'd have to double check that, but no, Activision it was, acquired it was, them. All right, became, they, okay, it, well, they actually split. They actually recently split too. Yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah. but the bot. But, but the point is like. I mean, essentially, they're going toe to toe with EA at that point. Yeah. Um, in the in the early two thousands. Well, yeah, it, it, it it's so even now in World of Warcraft, Warcraft in its sad state. Like, I I freaking hate the retail game, right? Uh, it is such a massive money maker. Uh, it is such like it, it still to this day is and it's a shit game and people fucking hate playing it, but they hate playing it, right? So. Yeah, no, it's and that's why Microsoft bought Blizzard recently. They bought Microsoft, bought Blizzard, so it's a big deal. Um, still, yeah, this will make hand of money hand over fist. But also, it, like it changed the entire industry of making video games because everyone started chasing the both like the idea that you make money off both expansion packs, which became DLC. Like DLC became a thing because of. I mean, there, there were like obviously instances of it in Nintendo for it, but. DLC, every game had to have DLC after like 2008 when people realized how much money Blizzard had made. And yeah. also the idea of like games as a service. And Blizzard even changed their model to match it where they make the first bit free and then you start paying for like. Yeah, the first you know, 20 levels in, in WoW are, are free. So you can like make a WoW account and play the game. I highly don't recommend it. There's all this furry shit now in the game. And it's really, it's really, it's really not what it was. This shit got so big, I think, t- well, towards the, th- I don't know when, well, I guess it was in the middle of the, I guess it's the middle now, but it was, like, after the hype, I remember, like, watching fucking Monday Night Football, and they got a, they have a commercial for the World of Warcraft Panda fucking China expansion. Yeah, but pa- like, Mr. Pandera. <clears throat> yeah, and I was like, wow, I'm never playing that game. I always thought in my back of my mind, oh, okay, maybe one day I'll get into WoW. Right, yeah, like, you you share like, the sentiment with most of the people that saw that, <laughs> and I was like, "It's like darker and grittier kung fu panda shit." And like, who is this? Like, okay. is this just for like literal Chinese people? Like, I had the exact the same reaction. I was like, it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Is like, yeah, maybe I'll try it out someday. I don't know. And I saw the panda panda thing, and I was like, "Are you, 
what? Okay. They were so proud of it. They, Monday Night Football had commercials. They were like so like, oh, this is going to be the coolest shit ever, guys. And I like. Okay. <laughs> you know what's really funny? This is a perfect segue in what we really wanted to get to, DK, which was. And I know you hate Lord Drums, Lewis, but this is kind of the thing. Uh, is Garage Hellscream. So. You guys, so this is this is why World of Warcraft sort of transcends its own story quite a bit. So everyone, you know, plays classic, plays Burning Crusade. You have like Mr. T and like I think Tom Cruise doing commercials for World of Warcraft. It's freaking you and the and the mini B guy, the the midget who played in, in Austin Powers doing commercials for like you know World of Warcraft. Play I I play World of Warcraft like it's a cool thing, right? And you have these compelling stories and these cool zones. And then Cataclysm comes out, and they introduce and Cataclysm is the fourth expansion. They introduce this character called Garrosh Hellscream, who becomes the leader of the horde. Not really important where he comes from. His father was Grom Hellscream, and he's the guy orc that initially drank demon blood in order to like, you know, become powerful, but he was dominated like Arthas in terms of their mind. But Garrosh Hellscream. Oh my, so he's pretty much just our guy, Hitler. And it's so freaking hilarious how Blizzard writes Garage Hellscream. So Garage Hellscream takes over the Horde, right? And he sees, like, the fighting has been going on for years between the Alliance and the Horde. And he's like, you know what? This is, screw this. We're going to end this freaking war. We're going full, you know, full send, full ham. We're no more, no quarter, none of this half. Because throughout the, the expansions, the Horde and the Alliance never, like, they always have these times to finish each other off. And they just never do it because of honor and integrity. And Garage Hellscream was like, no, 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 screw this. I'm in charge now of the you know, of the horde uh, and of the orcs. We're gonna freaking screw the, you know screw them. We're gonna go full sand. We're gonna kill everyone. So in Cataclysm, what they did was they they took the old world and they revamped it, they remodeled it, and it was really controversial at the time and still is today. But what's really funny. Is that there was a there there's a there's a there's a sort of a, a thing what Grosh does is called the bombing of Theramore. And this is where World of Warcraft gets silly and they have like guns and tanks and stuff, but like it's a fantasy universe. It's just so it's dumb and silly. But they basically create a nuclear weapon called a mana bomb and they bomb Theramore, which is like Jaina Proudmore's. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. A a nuclear mana bomb? <laughs> yes, a nuclear mana ice dude, it's <laughs> That's what they do. They 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 make a nuclear mana bomb, and uh, and and so it's played off when he nukes Theramore, which is like Jaina's like you know sort of fortress. That the other leaders in the horde are like, how could you do an Hiroshima or like a, how could you do that? And Garrosh is like literally like it was literally a military target. These are the alliance, you know, fags. Like fuck this bombing of Theramore, best day of my life. And this is where you see a split in the in the in, in the player base too. So like if you go to the old war old WoW forums to this day, they still have posts. You can go on YouTube. Garrosh did nothing wrong, and this is a bunch of different things, right? So all the other leaders of the horde start conspiring because conservative faggots in ineffective conservative faggotry happens, right? And they're like, oh man bombing people's bad and then garage is like well you ain't seen nothing yet and this starts like slaughtering like this going full ham on the alliance and the alliance was like whoa, whoa i thought we had like this you know this idea that you know we do this ineffective battling for years and you know all the normies die but us leaders get to live the entire time and garage is like leading his armies 
like at, from the front, like, no, we're finally going to finish this. He's like, you know, he's like sort of like this, you know, Adolf Hitler character. He's like, no, 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 no. I've been through enough of these goddamn wars. We're going to finish it. So, and in fact, but he's also still got moral values too, because Sylvanas, and, and this is the fourth expansion of World of Warcraft, right? So there's a lot of things that happen. Now she's like sort of like a main character. You redo her model and, you know, so he goes and visits Sylvanas in Trisfall Glades and she's our Silver Pine Forest rather. And the other thing, he's like, okay, Sylvanas, what are you doing? I'm the horde, you know, I'm the warlord of the, of the horde now, the war chief. What are you doing? And Sylvanas is like, oh, oh, I'm using um, these Valkyr, which she got from Northrend, which are like these, um, uh, what were the Norse Valkyries? Valkyries, yeah, yeah, duh, Valkyrie Valkyries. <laughs> and I'm raising, I'm killing a bunch of people in, uh, with the plague. Well, by the way, Sylvanas actually gasses people, go figure, like using literal chemical warfare and gasses people. And raises them from the dead. And Garage Hellscream's like, this is disgusting war crime shit. Like, no, like, Sylvanas, like, you're wrong in gassing people and raising them as the dead. This is a disgusting practice. Quit doing it. And Sylvanas is like, so, again, and you'll see a bunch of shit on the forums. And this is why I know, Lewis, I'm bored you floor dumps here. But the <laughs> this was a huge controversial thing in World of Warcraft because all the liberals on the forums were like, wait. Well, Sylvanas gassing people is actually completely okay because she's like this strong female character. Like, no one understands me. And Garrosh is like, the, you know, so this male Chad character goes like, you can't just gas people like that. That's like, like, I listen. And she's like, well, you just bombed Theramore. And he's like, yeah, that was a military target. You're killing civilians. And you'll see these liberals on the WoW Forbes literally defend <clears throat> Sylvanas' actions. And this goes on. For years, by the way, because Sylvanas is still like a main character. But <clears throat> and anyways, Garros is doing more and more of these things in, during the Cataclysm. But it's kind of like a, a backdrop to like what Thrall and there's a dragon and they shoot dragons with lasers, yada yada, save the world. Okay, cool. Now we go with that the Mist of Pandera, which is what we were just talking about. So like you, most of the WoW player base saw Mist of Pandaria and like screw this, I'm out. Like Kung Fu Panda, we're not doing this thing. But I will argue that Mist of Pandera is the most cool, like, expansion ever. <laughs> because it's like, they really, the writers in Blizzard really wanted to make Garage Hellstream the bad guy. In fact, he's the final boss of Mist of Pandera. It's called the Seeds of Ogremar. You defeat him in a raid. And he is just the most effective leader. Like, he's doing everything right. He's like, all these other Horde leaders that are like, conspiring against him. He's like, screw this. I have a secret police force now. Um, excuse me, my freaking alarm's going off. Um, and uh, he's actually doing all this based stuff. And he's like, you know what? All these other races, they're either like, you know, these disgusting undead or war criminals, these peace-loving dumb Torin who like don't know, like they don't want to fight and actually defeat their enemies. Are these these you know marijuana smoking trolls? Like screw that. Orcs are the real race. So he goes full racial supremacy. And like Mr. Pandaria, and um, he's just doing the most effective shit. He's like, okay, how do I defeat the alliance? Okay, I have to go to Pandaria, this new continent with a rapid of resources to fund the war effort. And um, you know, like you know what? Screw, we're gonna you know screw the pandas. But he's like totally anti-panda. He's like screw the pandas. Uh, you know, uh, they're like if they some of them want to fight for us, cool, but they have to be like sort of like mercenary slaves in a way. And like this underclass 
Um, because you can play as a panda now and pick what faction, whatever. But uh, during the entire expansion, he's just doing the most based stuff. And everyone who's like on the floor, dude, Garage Hellscream's the good guy. Garage Hellscream knows knows how to win a war, right? And so at the end, all every uh, the alliance sort of like it's like World War II, where like a lot of these uh, Wehrmacht generals were like these conservative guys were betraying Hitler at the end, um, you know, and switching sides and so on or surrendering or whatever. The alliance reaches out to the horde leaders that are kind of sort of disenfranchised um, with uh, with the horde and Garrosh. And they're like, let's all overthrow Garrosh. Garrosh gets wind of this and goes like, screw you guys. I'm the war chief. You guys don't want to – you guys are conspiring with your lifelong enemies. You're literally conspiring with the people that have killed your women and children for years. Like Garrosh goes like, they have killed your, like, your sons. And your fathers and your grandfathers, and you want an ally with them? Like, why do you want to ally with the people that have killed you for centuries? Like, for or not for for decades? Like, screw you. So anyway, they you eventually fight uh, Garrosh, you put him in chains, and the pandas because he like basically does a WMD in Panda Land too as well, and like kind of corrupts the entire place, and um. Garrosh and they, they kind of bring him to the, the trial, right? They bring him to this trial, and um, and during the trial, and so instead of just killing him, right, when they capture him, they're like, no, we're conservatives. We have to have a Nuremberg trial. So they literally have a Nuremberg trial where they're trying him. And during the tr- during the trial, like uh, when the, when the, at nighttime, um, there's these different characters that talk to him and like, hey, Garrosh, like. You know, like just you know, just admit to your crimes, man. Like it'll be cool. Just, we'll throw you in prison. You know, it'll be fine. And Garros goes like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll do that thing. And he start. Garros actually starts like sort of like mind fucking with them a little bit. So the day comes where Garros is gonna put it like his verdict in, and everyone in the entire crowd, the pandas and you know the horde and the alliance characters that are there, um, they go like. Uh, they're like, okay, Garrosh is going to admit to his crimes. We're going to put this to bed. We can have a conservative law and order, whatever. A Garrosh Hellscream goes like, I'm sorry for absolutely fucking nothing. I'll do it all fucking over again. Uh, gas the Alliance, gas the Horde, race war now, orc, you know, orc supremacy. And he gets magicked away. <laughs> this is another stupid thing they do. He gets magicked away by like a dragon to a to Draenor in the past, and there's like there's a meme where like they get it in the garage house, he gets into Delorean and goes back in time. But he like literally goes like, Hey, are you are you guilty of these war crimes? And he's like, Yeah, I'm guilty, and I'd fucking do it again. It's just the most beautiful thing in World of Warcraft. Because when that happened, it was like a beautiful thing. It was just like people were freaking out, people were like Oh my gosh, Blizzard! Why can't we just kill you know Garrosh Hellscream? And other people are like, no, Garrosh is the true leader. And a lot of people switch from like Alliance to Horde because of Garrosh. You know, before the Horde was seen as like the the mud people, right? And it, the Alliance was seen as like the white people race with like culture and architecture. But it was like he made the Horde cool, and people wanted to play the Horde because of the, at least for lore reasons. So the next, exp- go ahead. This does get into one thing I want to talk about. That's like kind of, I guess, lore related, but like more, I guess, just narrative and how narratives work. And you know, post nineteen forty five, is that fantasy and, and and Warcraft in particular? It's like 
it's based around you know different races and like racial conflict but because of like i don't know certain priors and you know holocaust or whatever they don't like people actually don't care about like other races civilians because like yeah like like it's basically like the idea that you could have a racial holy war between like this alliances of races that are like both genocidal and then have like also like napoleonic tier rules about like not shooting officers and things or like you know don't kill enemy leaders and stuff is extremely extremely stupid and doesn't make any sense like it's either a war for your race to survive or it's like a fantasy you know we're fucking around doing nothing bit but it really can't be both yeah like exactly and 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 blizzard in this tries to have its cake and eat it too where it's like no not actually i guess that's the wrong term it like says like Garrosh is this evil war criminal, but like everything he does is like relatable and he does it with like good intentions. Like, listen, I don't want to bomb Theramore if this nuclear <laughs> weapon we have, but we have to do it. This has been a, th- a thorn in our side for it's a base of alliance operations. We've got to destroy it, right? And then, like they're trying to play it off like no, no effective measures are acceptable because they're the horror the, it's horrifying. Like it's a so it's like Blizzard, what are you saying? Like like what are you trying to say? Are you like are you trolling us? Like how are you like how is this good? Like how? It also speaks I think to a related phenomenon which um the tedious guys often talk about in the, in a science fiction context particularly with um and we mentioned before too but in, in Star Trek where like the, like the there's this there's this um so there's a conceit that uh different like the the different races are kind of like the different because like humanity is one race right in for the purposes of, of fantasy yes but because all of this kind of high fantasy stuff and it's derivative you know like obviously tolkien but also it's derivative products like like warhammer and warcraft and so on and so on and so on um are like that's all written by white people it all plays to is based upon white cultural norms and expectations the like whether you know there's you know you may have had there's obviously nowadays we got like you know low dem rangs and 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 black elves and shit like that which is ridiculous in 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 an even more absurd way but even prior to that even though you might have a token kind of you know black character or whatever a black human character or you know jordy laforge on on the next generation they were all white. They were all like, you yeah. know, the humanity is white. And when people talk about like, and this is where you get phenomena. I don't think we, we, we sort of mentioned it offhand, but we, we were talking about more before the, before the show. Um, one of the characters in Warcraft three is like a quote unquote human supremacist. Right. And, and, and he's kind of played within the game context. The, 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 the writers are trying to present his, you know, kind of, like, I don't, he have, he actually has, if you know, this uh, Warcraft introduced this thing where if you click a bunch on units, they'll say funny shit. One of the things that he says, if you click on it a bunch, is the only good non-human is a dead non-human. Right? <laughs> yeah, which, so is, which, is, which is grammatically kind of a weird thing to say. Like, what's an you know, you would think that in this world they'd have a word for a non-human that was like a you know, <laughs> that frankly would be a racial epithet insult. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, it's extremely based thing to say. But it, but it, it goes to show you the extent to which like you see this, especially also in in Star Wars, even more so in the kind of expanded universe lore. But to some extent just in the in the even in the original movies like the the moral problem with the empire is framed 
in terms of the empire is a human supremacist organization, um, yeah. quote unquote, human supremacist. Right. And so like, it's kind of, it, it's interesting, right. To observe how in the minds of the writers who themselves are libtards, they're like, they themselves are betraying their kind of internal implicit sense that yeah, actually only white people are human. Right. Like to be yeah. a human supremacist is to be a white supremacist because <clears throat> it, it's like to be, to be, a, to be a human in the context of this lore is to behave like a white person to have civilization, like a white person, like white people to have cities, like the cities that white people, like Europeans have built, maybe Asia, you know, obviously, you know, but, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, Louis, yeah. it sounded like you, you had some input. Yeah. Well, this trope goes back all the way to like, I think the first example of it actually is like Asimov and Heinland writing their books and they'll make their character like in Starship Troopers, like there's, it's like kind of offhand, but like there he's Filipino. Like the main character is Filipino. Uh, it's sure he's from Manila at least, but everybody's just white, you know, or like, yeah. you know, I'm from Buenos Aires has to kill them all. But like, <laughs> he's all, they're all right, white people. Right, like yeah. everyone's white. Cause it's in Asimov did the same bit where like, they'll have like Chinese scientists come over to America or whatever. Or, like, you know, they, but they all, all just act like exactly yeah. white. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to be a character is to be white. Even if you like code that so character as black with this black sprites, well, you know? And the reason why, and my theory yeah. for this is the reason why is because like no other race will actually Asians probably have a lot of this, especially the Japanese sort of tales. Um, but like Europeans are the ones who have all like the ideas uh, that have all these um, sort of like, you know, story um, uh, structure in, in their folklore is like the idea of good and evil and the, you know, of uh, consequences and, and morality and living with those consequences. These are all like sort of things that have been discussed in European folklore. So like when you have to talk about like, when it's inherently white because that's what storytelling is like other, unless you're talking about like Chinese and Japanese, like folklore or like you're, when you're writing this, this sort of story, like what do other races kind of have? They don't have like an interesting thing. Whereas white people have discovered this through like, you know, Siegfried and, um, you know, Icarus and all these other sort of stories. That's my, just my take on it. Frankly, it's as, as with the genetic divide between human, like the, the big, the big divide in humanity in genetic terms is between Africans and non-Africans. And you see the same thing in civilization. Like India has classical civilization. China has classical civilization, even like, you know, Mesoamerica, South America had, you know, the Mayans, the Aztecs, it was brutal and bloodthirsty. And, you know, we're, we're very, you know, Hernan Cortez did nothing wrong, but, they had, you know, monumental stone architecture, you know, logistically complicated civilization. The only the place where this is missing is Africa, right? So like it just becomes a like it's 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 just like the issue here is uh, uh, is blacks. Ah, yeah. I I can definitely agree with that. Um yeah, Lewis, you have anything else? Uh yeah, cuz I, I think the uh uh I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Uh I also want to talk about like how technologically wise there was there is some interesting stuff going on with like you know World of Warcraft as an MMO because it's like the whole bit is what like there's thousands of players in one world but there's actually not like they're cheating to achieve it yeah uh, like the the system of it well it's innovative but like the instance system in itself as a like techn piece of technology I think is really interesting where basically you you are there's like a fake overworld that's mm -hmm. full of people doing very little undemanding things, 
But as soon as you got to get a bunch of players into a fight, it basically loads all the players into a lobby. And then yeah. you're basically playing like, you know, relatively not, I don't say unimpressive because like what 40 characters was a lot for the time, but it wasn't well, unheard of, you know? Well, well, actually, you're, you kind of have a few things wrong here. So in the original Classic WoW, when it first launched, there was no – well, there was dungeons and, like, raids, which were instanced. But that was mainly because, like, if you had – so each server, when World of Warcraft started, it capped at 2,000 characters, right? So the overworld, you're doing questing. You can, The original player versus player mechanic was you went into overworld and you, start, you found an orc and you killed him because he had green skin right like um or you found a gnome and you ate them or something right like that's like what you did to like get these honor points in order to like you know get gear and stuff um it wasn't till very recently in world of warcraft where they did that sort of you know a smoke and mirrors thing with what's called a layering where because it used to be an ecosystem where everyone's kind of playing in this thing right uh but now everything's kind of you get put on a layer and they kind of like separate you in these different sort of instance environments. And maybe you'll have like 40 people near you, but you're, you're kind of away from everyone else back in the, well, that was one of the big selling points of world of Warcraft because it was at very little loading times. You could go to the entire continents without seeing a loading screen. Maybe you went into an instance. It would be now um, with, with, with the invention of battlegrounds, uh, to do like those PvP battles, and, and you'll have people like me saying battlegrounds ruined the game, because what you what do you want of a world, like, like an MMO? You want to live in the world, breathe in the world, and, and when you when you take the player out of the world, the game becomes less special. The world doesn't matter as much, right? And so what and World of Warcraft ended up being, especially nowadays in retail WoW, is that it's it is that lobby. The the world is just kind of a lobby, and you queue up for dungeons you get teleported to the dungeon you queue up for battlegrounds get teleported to the battleground and actually the the player interaction is completely gone so when blizzard uh uh this has been a while for that's why they've been losing sub numbers because that sort of like the mmo aspect has been lost and when blizzard announced classic servers after and that's a whole episode in itself i'd imagine is like the stralius and how classic wow came to be because that was a huge drama thing but I digress on that. Um, the uh, the thing about like Classic WoW is that all these players came back. They crashed Blizzard servers because they were, you know, that you could finally play for friends again, and the, the world mattered. And um, that was really special. So like as the you know as the game went on, it kind of it came more of this like maybe you play with one or two people, but Classic WoW comes back. Now all of a sudden you're playing with 40 people again. There's all this drama because you have to create all this gear and it relies on an ecosystem of like an economy and material gathering and, and, and sort of so on. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I mean, probably, we'll probably do it at some point, like the, the classic MMORPG resurgence. Which might have actually just been like it's kind of not linked to it, but it, a lot of it was like I don't know. Do you want to call it just like it got got huge at least for me. I never played it actually, but like a lot of my friends talk about going to classic classic RuneScape during like the pandemic and stuff. Yeah, but our, like the, our, uh, our um what's the other one? Not RuneScape, but the uh uh, uh, uh EndQuest EverQuest EverQuest yeah Ever, sorry, yeah. But, yeah. I had friends who were getting into like playing 
like magic what is it magic 101 or like the kitty one they have one of the because the one the one they played as kids yeah or yeah like all the all those like wow imitators even like they got like big resurgences kind of somewhat recently but people don't want to play like the remaster they just want to play like i want old thing because old thing good which is true probably in these cases and, and, um, these, and, and the gameplay is janky like classic wow the gameplay is janky the classes don't play as right but it, it's something that's just transcends that it's the community that you play in right like back in the day i used to be part of this guild and we used to like kill each other in like dollaran which is a base capital city we used to kill each other in forms of swastikas and we used to like there used to be a, a ability when you're a human called human supremacy and we used to spam that in in trade chat right like and you would piss everyone off and we and you could only be a human in our guild like they're like people like remember that sort of stuff and now in, in world of warcraft you don't kind of have that anymore our classic or in mmos in general like there's no sense of community but back in the day you could be the bad guy on your server or the good guy or or you could be like you know the guy you depend on to be the main tank in the raid or this is the best warrior pvp or on the server like this is the guy you talk to about being a warrior like you don't have that anymore it's just kind of just a lobby this is what it is yeah i'd be curious to look back because like now all the uh almost ever a lot not all games but a lot of games are using like even like obviously chat filters voice filter like like you can get banned for saying certain words and phrases and that does kind of degrade like what an mmorpg is because also like the idea of reports like reporting somebody you know like oh well he killed me in the pvp zone i'm gonna like snitch on him like that's a you know a runescape thing like oh this person tricked me into giving me all their shit therefore you know oh it's like it was like tough shit back then but now it's you can like report fag and stuff and that stuff kind of is cancer also it makes these games not profitable because you need this report fagging is expensive you need this expensive infrastructure to like snitch and report fag and, and review claims and counterclaims and you need like basically uh, not lawyers but like they actually act as like arbitrators all these people who need to regulate well, they who gets well, banned well they automate it now so you can do well, like, they, you, yeah. the thing is you can but you even even when you do that you create because you have to have an ability yeah. to appeal right so like yeah. even just to deal, to deal with appeals you it's like you like you, you get this very expensive thing uh and, and like and uh you know moderation or like on that level is difficult and expensive and it probably it probably puts a big soak into their income uh i mean that's what's that's that like elon's one of elon's pitches to like the adl was that like well i ha i'll have the guys my guys can it's probably bullshit but like my programmers can handle automating like you know automating morality uh if you just let us you know buy this thing <laughs> you know but you can't it's always when you're always gonna have like real people at the end of the day because like you know uh why can't if i because because i will always if i get banned on your platform for saying the n-word uh i will appeal and tell you i'm black you know for my yeah. non account and you know i need i need someone somewhere to be there proving that you know uh because at the end of the day you can't like or you get this funny thing with a uh, moderation because like the people that uh, talk about like banned topics the most are uh, like those groups. Like you, you remember the, the story like, a long time ago, Facebook banned like explicit sexual talk. Like they filtered like certain really gross, you know, 
yeah sex sex words and like gay like facebook groups had there was a massive outcry because they were all getting banned and shut down because that's all <laughs> they talk about yeah that's and twitter had a gross. yeah it's just like oh yeah well you can't i can't have my fisting anymore what is the where's my community you know <laughs> there's no fist without fisting there is no gay community i guess and uh and the same thing happened on Twitter early, early with it's one of it's like one of the lessons you can take from a you know that they that they probably teach like you know Jan, young young aspiring automated Janny builders now is that like they did a I think they did, they did a blanket ban or a nearly blanket ban on the N word, and Twitter has always been like the most black uh, of all the like black in the user base of all the social medias. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. That's interesting. Yeah, and it. Uh, it like obviously show what like you they basically banned like all the black people for like oh fuck we we just we just gentrified Twitter you know we we just we just fixed the platform but they had like you know obviously they had to undo it and that, that's a big problem because you, humans are just really bad at or automated tools are just really bad at fixing and also people don't understand how racism works and like political racism where you can't like, I I can be racist anywhere you can't you can't put a word filter on me that will stop me from like you know making increasingly like plain language claims you know unless you're well, then once you ban the phrase like, black and people i'm good you know <laughs> though here, here here's the, here's the thing though like it, it's funny you bring that up and i'll tie this back to world of warcraft because a lot of like culture in world of warcraft was derived from sort of race online racism so Especially back in, in like the the uh you know like well in a couple expansions ago, what was really funny was replacing black people and like black crime statistics with orc crime statistics and saying you know uh, especially in classic WoW now you'll see on trade chat like you know orcs are thirteen percent of the player base but commit over fifty five percent of all violent crime in Azeroth like 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 how do you ban that like how do you like you ban like the world orc you ban fifty five percent like how do you go about like stopping that are the no that's weird that gnomes have all the money and they're less than like one percent of the population like it's just all these things like yeah it's funny you bring that up. DK, do you have well, do we have, I think we. I was. I was actually going to ask if you had. I think that's probably a, a fairly good place to wrap up. If you, unless you had um, other thoughts. No, I'm a spur, and I'll keep on going. Stop. Cut me off now. <laughs> I. I think people. I mean, you know, it's. It's. There's always. Um, the, there's certainly more to discuss, but we can. We can. I, I definitely envision talk returning. Returning to this well. Um, at a, at a later point. Yeah. I, I think definitely we, we, um, I think, uh, people got a sense of like, especially, you know, people like me who, who don't have much exposure, like the, the, um, the lore in this setting is, is endless and really kind of metastasized, um, in, in mostly unfortunate ways. Um, yeah. and then there's been this, like, yeah, this, um, this, uh, movement from kind of big, broad strokes that have actually some some real dramatic impact to just kind of endless <laughs> irrelevant details um for people to get to get wrapped up in that nevertheless i guess you know occasionally you have moments where um where um you know one particular writer or, or a team of writers who are doing a good job doing good work can um can really impact the um the um 
you know, make make something that that's you know unintentionally based in ways that are funny to observe, um, and and yeah, cut against the kind of liberal priors of the um, of the of the of the team and of the perhaps even of the work as a whole, or maybe the liberal priors. Or again, I I'm always sort of like I, I you know stepping back. I as I was saying earlier, I really I think that any you know anytime you have a game um, or or any work of fiction or anything like that, that uh, any kind of cultural product that involves you know this kind of um that involves um real world life and death stakes and and you know real world sense of scarcity of resources that it, it's going to have to end up being quote unquote red pilled to to a uh, um you know just to just to that extent uh you know there's there's no more based poem than the iliad right um yeah. so yeah. Okay, Lewis, did you have did you have any concluding thoughts or, or did you want to add add to that thought at all or uh no, I just want to say every time you bring up the Iliad, I have to say two things. Uh one is that the Iliad is actually a you know historical work. Uh it everything in it happened as it said. Uh if you're not a Wahhabist Iliadist, you're not, you know, you're not welcome to my, in my movement. And uh Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so that's what we got. Cool, man. All right. Well, thanks, Ty Guy, for coming on. It was a blast having you on. I'm sure you'll you'll be back. Uh, I think we got to discuss uh, Syrian warfare um, at some point. And um, yeah, till next time. Uh, take care, everybody. I'm in